Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor V. Hi, you Road to Growth listeners. Today, I have John Medina, uh, something in, in my own little house. Uh, he is the owner and founder of John Medina Buys Houses, uh, fix and flip, renovations, wholesaling, the whole nine yards. Thank you, John, for being here. Hey, Vinny, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. So we talked about it before, uh, before we got on camera. I mean, how in detail your process is. And John threw it out there that people are going to get get tired, get get fed up, get get turn it off. Yet, I want to say if if let's say you're in an elevator with someone, John, how would you describe your business to them uh, in that elevator ride? I would say that we're we're basically a company that buys houses directly from people. Okay. Um, a lot of times, it's not with a realtor, and we uh, you know we fix them up and we sell them. It's just pretty basic. That's 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 not kind of the elevator pitch, right? Okay. Fix and flip. That's kind of what we do. Perfect. Well, uh, so have you? At a young age, I mean, were you in the real estate business? Were you in anything to do with uh, real estate, or who was a young John? Like, well, that's that's really interesting because a young John, I started. Man, I've been at, like I really look back and I started working when I was like fourteen, and I worked at, on some local fishing boats here in town, mm-hmm. San Pedro. So I live in the port, right? So kind of learned some skills there. Like you go out, they let you on the boat for free. Whatever you got, whatever you uh, whatever you caught, you were able to kind of sell in the parking lot to make some money. They kind of got you back on the boat for the next day to have some food without having to bug my parents, right? So kind of started out at a young age, uh, like being an entrepreneur. And that 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 was interesting because the stuff that I did back then, even negotiating with people over fish, stuff that you do in real life when you're an entrepreneur, right? At least buying and selling houses, so to speak. So started out at that age. And then, um, but to fast forward kind of, you know, after high school, I was a, I got into plumbing. So mm-hmm. I, kind of a year out of high school, I got into plumbing and I, I, I just... Basically, too. Another thing, I'm like, hey, if I'm going to be a plumber, I'm going to learn this business, and then I'm going to go on my own because I really wasn't cut out to be, you know, a nine to five guy, a company guy. So anything that I ever did, I always wanted to make sure that there was a way I could like have my own business. And uh, so I got into plumbing. I worked for about four years for, uh, you know, brings me about like where I'm about 22 now, and I felt like I had enough knowledge to go on my own. So I basically just went on my own when I was 22 and just started hustling side jobs and. You know, my grandma had a friend or you had a friend. I got a lot of referrals from realtors and people. And I, I started my own plumbing business. And uh, and that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of took me, oh, man, for about 25 years, I was just in plumbing, you know. Wow. It covered about like, like uh, I think about like 2009, I had some money saved and I wanted to buy some rental units because that was just what I thought you should be doing with you got extra money. And I started just kind of doing some research in, 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 in kind of the uh, real estate space about um, – how to buy houses for, for a discount. How can I leverage the money I had instead of buying one house, like, you know, the, the traditional way, how many can I buy with the amount of money I had? So I figured I better get educated. So I kind of took a class in 2009, like one of those weekend courses. And uh, from there, didn't do anything for about three years. And then uh, kind of just sat on it. And I just kind of had a baby and we were just kind of, I was just kind of sitting around, just like just spinning my wheels. So about 2012, I go, man, I got to do something. The market's good. There's a lot of opportunities out here. You know, it, things kind of stopped going down like they were. And I go, I'm going to jump in. So I took another like uh, boot camp from a guy named Bruce Norris out in Riverside. And I went there for the weekend, three days during the week. And 
learned a lot of stuff, right? And I go, man, I'm ready to go. Well, I didn't do anything again. So I, about six months later, I took the same course. And about halfway through the course, which is only three days, I was like, what am I doing, man? You're just, you're just, you got all this information. You're just scared, you know? So take a chance. So got out of there in like July of 2012, hit the ground running. And I, I bought my first, uh, uh, you know, house to, to keep as a rental over here in Wilmington, California. And I liked it. Start, you know, I just figured it out, started going there. And my construction skills really paid off on the construction side of things. I was going to keep it for a rental, so I didn't know I have to know that much about it, right? I got it for a really good price and refied out of it and, and, and had a rental. And then I was like, man, maybe I could do that again. So I went ahead and bought another one. I saw from about, I probably bought it over about a year's time. I bought four houses and I started like, like I had a couple that I was keeping as rentals and then I started flipping them too. So I was like, man, this is actually easier than plumbing. And I kind of liked it more because plumbing was getting a little old um, just for the plain reason that I've been doing it for so long. So I took a chance in uh, 2013. I said, you know what? About halfway through the year, the business got a little slow, probably because I was focused more on real estate. You know, you kind of, you, you tend to kind of like your mind kind of, you know, your, your business kind of takes you where your mind is, right? So I just told my wife, I'm going to go full-time into real estate. And then 2014, I just basically burned the boats and I said, man, I'm a full-time real estate investor. And uh, that's where I'm at. You know, this is kind of, that's how I, that's how I started. Well, a couple of things to rewind back to. Uh, the first thing you talk about the classes, you took the classes. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I always tell people that I think is really surprising, one of the biggest investors in San Diego County makes more money on their classes than they do on their flips. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean sure. cause there's a lot of people out there. I think that take the classes, but they're like you where they're afraid to actually take the step forward. So just by taking the step forward. So I mean, you can take as many classes as possible out there, anyone listening, but you have to take that first step just like John did. And then you talked about it with the idea of the rentals and you're having the rental income. And then when you're thinking about, okay, well, I'm going to start doing fix and flips. What kind of finance were you doing? Were you doing hard money? Were you doing cash or what was the, the buy-in right there? Yeah, and it's, I, that's a great question. I mean, I, I what I did is I had a, another funny story. I had a guy that I met in 1980 in junior high school. Guy Robert was his name. And I, I went to like school, high school, with this, like junior high with this guy. And I, I hung out with him for a long time, you know, after high school. His dad always had, he's, he always told me his dad had a lot of money. And he was a welder, right? But his dad was like, just always at home, working all the time. Well, anyways, you know, fast forward. And when I want to get into this business, I was like, man, I need some cash to do this. And so I went, his dad's name is Bob. I just went and asked him, hey, you, you know, I know you, you know, you, you invest money and just kind of hit him up and said, would you loan me some money and get right to the point? And he's like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. How much you need? So that's how my relationship started. So just, I just had to basically go out and ask for it. It was right in front of me, right? It was just right there. A guy I met years ago and, and the dad really liked me. So he was like, you know, he's a really good friend of mine. He was like, now he is, you know, and over the years he was like, you know, he's your friend's dad, but he was like a single guy. So you could always kind of like, like he always kind of looked up to him because he always got, you know, he was, he was, you know, out there doing his thing. So anyways, uh, and he was really cool. So it was just funny that, that I just asked him and he's like, Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Now we're, I probably have like about a $3 million line of credit with him. I would think at any given time. I mean, you know? when you started doing the fix and flips, I mean, the market was, I mean, I mean fairly going up. Yeah. I mean, how was, what were the, the hurdles in switching over from buying the property as a rental compared to buying a property, renovate and resell? What was well, the differences for you? You know, not much because I was buying some pretty beat up properties. Oh, wow. Okay. It, so it was pretty much, and I'm kind of a perfectionist. And even with my product I have right now, as far as like, and, and my wife's involved with it too. Um, 
And then I have a partner, Ricky, that's a real estate agent, but we kind of handle the flips and he handles a lot of the other stuff. Right. But on these flips, I mean, it, it, it just, I'm just very much like a, kind of like a perfectionist, but I, I always want to do the right thing. That's a part of our core values as a company. So I'm always like going up and beyond uh, when we fix these houses up. So when I bought these houses, they were complete dogs. And I just basically just, just got in there and I, it, you know, anything that needed to be fixed, I fixed it. I was, I'm not one of those guys that put like, what do they say? Lipstick on a pig. That's not me. You know, if I see mold, I cut the, get, get rid of it. Everything I'm doing is I, I want to be able to sleep at night. So I put out a real quality product. So I started out that way and I haven't changed it. Cause I look at it. It's like, I kind of look at it. I, I don't get me wrong. Dude, we're in here to make money, but I'm not going to save a thousand dollars. That might cost me $50,000 in a lawsuit. A lot of people make that mistake. They're looking at, they're looking at the, the bottom line money. And so am I, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the yeah. day, if there's something, I'm not going to sell a family, a uh, knowingly sell something to somebody that that's, that's going to cause problems over, or make them sick or, or just, it's just not, that's just not how I operate. So, I mean, the lawsuits, if you're listening right now, I mean, they can be drastic and huge. I mean, I've heard that with a lot of different in, in investors and yeah, that can uh, cut on your bottom line at the end of the day right there. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and if you're going to make a mistake, you probably don't want to make a mistake on your first one. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the thing is that everybody's, you know, people want to get into this game. It's fast. It's sexy. It's on the TV. Everybody sees big checks coming in. And, uh, you know, it's, but it's always like, it's kind of like you have to do, you know, it's like you have to do a volume of work, right? It's just not one deal. It's what you do at the end of the year, how many deals you do. It's a, it's kind of like a volume thing. And, and you, if you're just doing one deal and think it's not a get rich uh, quick scheme, that's for sure. Now, how are you coming across the, your, your properties that you were purchasing uh, to, to renovate and resell? Yeah, that's, that's another great question. So what we do, we do a lot of online marketing. So we do, we do, you know, uh, run ads on Google through SEO, um, pay-per-click. So we're reaching directly out to people that want to sell their house, uh, whatever search term they put in. And then we have a whole sales process that we run them through. Was right? that what you originally started with when you first got into the, the fixed living? Well, yeah, back then it was like when I first got in, you know, like at the beginning, you know, short sales were just, it was just really easy. Short yeah. sales were abundant and you could just, Get an agent that had connections and i would buy short sales so that lasted for about maybe a year and a half and then after that i started sending postcards out okay and then no one was sending post not as many people were sending postcards out in 2014 15. so it wasn't it was almost like that at the beginning of this was too good to be true the competition was lower you would you i had some really really like great experiences with people and and uh it was still close enough to the to the, the pain was still being felt by that great recession to where they didn't want people that what properties, right? So it was a different, it was a different ball game. And then all of a sudden things switched, people jump back in the game. You know, instead of somebody getting like say 2015, they got maybe one or two mailers a month. All of a sudden around 16, they got like six, maybe keep go, compounded all the way to where we are now. Some people might be getting 20, 30 cards a month or whatever it is. If, if you need kindling, go to a house that had an NOD file on the property. There you go. There's... Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. So. Started out with mail and mail, you know, um, mail worked for, for, you know, it did pretty good. But um, then as you just, you know, we started getting developing the website more, Facebook ads, more digital stuff we went to, you know. So um, how do you how do you step back? Because something you're doing something good, right? You're you're getting the short sales. Right. And then you have to pivot you know, to postcards Then you pivot to online. Was it? 
okay, we're not getting as much traction we were getting? Was it really quick? Or is it, hey, we just not putting enough time or effort into, into this original platform? Or is it, we, we're trying everything and anything, as long as we get a return off, we'll keep doing it. Yeah, and that's that's great. Another great point. I mean, that's what we did. We, we, we shifted a lot, right? It was like, I went, when I did the short sales, I was all by myself. So it was pretty, think of it this way, short sale, you're a realtor, you, you hook me up with people that are in short sales. I don't have to take the phone call. I'm, I'm pretty much just fixing and flipping. I'm not, I'm not talking to sellers. I'm not doing anything, right? Then all of a sudden, now you send out postcards. Now all of a sudden, you become a salesman. So you're a fix and flip guy that has to be a salesman all of a sudden. Right. And then that's that's a little bit of a different transition, because my joke is, is that, uh, you know, I used to have a tape measure in my hand and I'm measuring something. And as, as like a rehabber, now the phone's ringing. Do you drop the tape and pick up the phone? Well, you most people are going to pick up the phone. Right. Because that's yeah. the personality. Right. But I'm kind of more of a rehabber. So I'll get back to it or whatever would happen. Or I pick up the phone. and I'm not ready to take a call. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff was just like was just like, I don't know, it was just like, quite, you know, a lot of trial and error. And then. You go, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm going to get a sales team and have them handle the calls. And that's kind of where we're at now. But I mean, I've done, you know, you probably know these terms, RBM, right? Where you just send out a bunch of, you know, ringless voicemails with people. We texted people, like cold call. I tried it all. And after trying everything all, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to run digital ads. I think it just fits better in, in, in my, uh, uh, what I like to do. I like people calling us up that are interested in selling instead of me, uh, instead of me maybe, you know, cold calling them and, um, you know, uh, texting people and, uh, uh, I'll probably send out some mail again. I'm just, I'm just kind of taking a little time off because it, it wasn't, there's no ROI at this point. I'm hoping we don't. You, you talked about the idea, uh, before we got on mic, uh, about that you've been building your, your platform, building your team and you have, you mean like your wife has a company that, ha that parallels with yours. I mean, that you have a lot of these, these other platforms that coincide with your, your main core business. I mean, how did those venturing off of these other companies kind of come about. Yeah, that's what, what happened there was, is that like, like, you know, so, you know, I, I had a company that was holding the rentals, right? So that's, that's what's called JYC enterprises. And I brought my partner Ricky on that. So, so I brought Ricky into JYC enterprises. It was already set up an LLC. So basically I don't own the rentals. I sold the rentals to get more capital to kind of raise this up. We just started kind of running all the sales and marketing through this JYC enterprises, which is, doing business as John Medina buys houses, right? So that's where the sales and marketing, uh, uh, that's where all the uh, sales and marketing was uh, is coming from now. But at the beginning, we just kept everything at one company. It was really hard to keep track of because you're doing sales and marketing. And then as you know, as you fix and flip, you're you're just caught, it's like a, it's just, it's just pretty much like a washing machine of deals in, deals out, deal. And it, it was so hard to keep track of the marketing. And, and uh, you know, um, it was just really hard to keep track of. So what we did is we're like, okay, Sales and marketing in one company. When we buy the house, we'll set up another company that's basically like a holding company called Upfront Home Buyers. So we just do all the picks and flips through. That's who owns the properties. Okay. And then I had the plumbing company set up called MPC Inc., which is a construction company. So I basically just flipped that over more to a construction company because uh, it was already set up with credit and everything with it. And I so that's what fixes up the properties and and pretty much creates an invoice to the to the to the, the holding company. So that's my, so that's who does all the fix and flips is my construction company that I've had for years, right? Then my wife is, a, is an interior designer. So we set up a company for her for interior design. So that you need, you know, you need interior design to do these projects if you want to do them right. So, so how many of these companies, right, are you actually uh, looking at, looking at the books, part of their daily routine, or what does a, a weekly routine, a monthly routine look like regards to these different companies? 
Yeah, you know, and that's that's where where I'm at now. It's like I'm really focusing on just being the CEO. That's like I, you know, I have, you know, I have I'm in mastermind, a couple of masterminds, and I'm with different people. And you know, the big focus is that one of our masterminds is just to be like, you know, like just to be a CEO. And I've been working real hard on that. And so what I do is my my routine is like every day I have something that I do with with like like basically I'll, I'll go through on Monday we just have meetings for all all those four companies on Mondays. That sets the tone for the for the for the week. So I'm, t I'm in there on Mondays, really looking at the numbers or whatever I feel I need to look at on Monday. And then like Tuesday, Tuesdays I go out to the jobs to see how everybody's doing. Wednesday I go out to the jobs. I'm on a, maybe one of my mastermind calls. Thursday, which just happened to be the day that we're talking, it's bookkeeping day. So I'm in the office all day looking at the looking at the numbers. And then Friday it's kind of like go out to the jobs or, or just kind of leave it open, you know. So my main thing is is that I'm just really trying to focus on I'm trying to focus on uh, culture. You know, people hiring the right people, and then numbers, right? So that's all I'm trying to do in all those companies. I'm just trying to focus on creating the right culture for my for my my, my employees, so that they want to work for us and they feel good working here. And um, you know, and then definitely hiring the right people, because if you don't have if, if I don't have the right people uh, uh, doing these particular tasks, I mean, I you know, I'm not going. I'm I'm going to be right back in there doing it, and I'm going to screw it all up. You know, just not something I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at. I'm not good at everything. You know? What's well, what's been your biggest learning curve out of all of those different factors? You know, the biggest learning curve has probably just came in the last, like the last six months has just been like, stay out of the way. Don't be a bottleneck. Don't bottleneck your company. Don't bottleneck your people. Hire right, hire the right people. Put train and then train them. You, know, you got to train them like there's no tomorrow. We just brought on someone named Stephanie to be like a follow-up specialist to follow up on these all the leads we have. We trained her for two weeks before we even get put a phone in her hand. That's huge, right? I mean, really want her to know what she's doing, how to operate all these, you know, the CRM we have and the phone system and just just really taking our time training her to set her up for success. Because I think in the past we would just hire somebody and we'd expect within, I don't know, we'd onboard them. And then on Monday and then on Tuesday, you're like, just go for it. And then don't even, and then no accountability, no meetings, like no, no trainings, no check-ins. Just like, well, what are you doing here? And you're not getting any deals. Well, well, we didn't train you. <laughs> that comes right back to me as the CEO, right? I, I, I take full responsibility. I'm, I'm not, I'm not setting people uh, up with success. So now we're real big on that. How long did it take you to to realize that? Well, let's see. I basically say I'm going to say about six years. Really, it took like. Because you know when you start out, you're grinding. You're just in the middle. You're just, you know, things are just flying at you. You're either like a hockey goalie when, where the whole team's just firing on you. You're just trying to not hit anything in the net, or you're basically like. Then all of a sudden, it's like you know, in the game, you know, in a game, everything kind of slows down, and you're able to kind of like, like, like everything kind of like when everything kind of slows down, you're you're able to make better decisions. And I think when you're right in the heat of it, and you're doing a lot of this, a lot of the stuff yourself, you make. You just don't you don't realize it. you just keep going and going and going and you just you're just basically bottlenecking your company because every time someone has a problem they come to you and you just take it from them you're not allowing them to figure it out you're not you didn't give them the training and and, and the stuff that they need to be successful and then at the end of the day you're just everybody's just handing you all their stuff and then you're not growing you're basically just you're just basically you just handcuffed everybody you know and it's just it's just there's just no growth there with, with all the, the knowledge you've accumulated over the years, is there any advice that you wish you would have knew or known uh, when you first started flipping? Yeah, I, 
you know, and, and I thought about this just, I think it was today. It's like, you have to really look at this as an investment, right? Cause I mean, you know, you really have to look at this like, like, like your business as an investment and you're going to, uh, you're going to basically start out and it, and it depends on where you are, how much capital you have, you know, at the beginning, if you don't have, if you don't have the, the money to pay people, you're not well capitalized and you don't, and, and, and you're, and you're just fighting to stay alive. You're going to have to do a lot of stuff yourself. Right. But as you start making money and you set it aside, you're going, you know, I'm going to invest in people and your business will grow. And you have to just realize that I'm going to invest in these people to make it easier on me. And then you have to, and it's mindset too. You really have to really just, you know, shift your mind and know that, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I'm trusting in the process. And, and that's a big thing too. You got to have the processes set up in the systems to allow people to, to, you know, allow people to flourish, allow people to, um, you know, be successful. And that starts with having core values in the company. I mean, if you don't have any core values in your company, everybody's just going to like, like you're just basically, everybody's just running around doing whatever they want. If there's a problem, you go to the core values and you, you go through, you know, you can solve something really easy to look at your core values and say, okay, I'm doing this, but you know what? That's one of our uh, core values is do the right thing. So are you really doing the right thing? And then people go, well, kind of, they're trying to no. we do the right thing here. We put, you know, we put people over money. That's a big one, right? I mean, you're putting, you're saying that you're going to put your customers, people, or even employees over money. So sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision that's, that's, that might cost you some money, but you're still doing the right thing and you're putting the people first, right? So by establishing all that, you start drawing people to you that want to, want to work in that culture. They want to be around you. They want to work for you because there's enough people out there that aren't doing that, 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 that basically just like, you know, basically trying to you know rip people off they're, they're 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 really looking at the money more than they're looking at like doing the right thing and if you do the right thing the money will show up i mean so there's a a number that's i think just um that's crazy in the real estate market at least in san diego that there's more realtors than properties that were sold in like 2019 basically so there's a lot of realtors out there that get licensed they they see that maybe it's easy or they think that it's easy for themselves I mean, I know it's not to that degree for investors, yet there, there's, it seems like at least more and more people wanting to get into the investing game. With the people that you're training and putting the time in, putting the effort in, allowing them to kind of grow, how do you also want them or how do you push them, or not push them, but how do you keep them from, from leaving and going on their own to doing the investing themselves and not staying with you? Yeah, and, and that's that's just the risk you take when you when you hire people that are really good and really like really you know really accountable. I mean that could happen, right? And um, um, it, that hasn't happened to me yet because I'm at a point to where I think some of the people that we've kind of just hired they've been I think a year and a half or so since we really kind of like started going up. But I was I was that way with my plumbing business, right? I mean I, I worked for two companies in maybe a four and a half year period. And once I got good enough, I was gone. So I, I kind of welcome that. I, I, I look like it's, I think if somebody's really, really good and they want to go on their own and they're hungry, those are the type of people maybe that you want working for you. And if they choose to leave, as long as they do it ethically, they don't steal your people or whatever's going on. I mean, wish them luck. And I, 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 I would be rooting for them. You know, I'd be excited for them. You know, as long as they don't do anything unethical to me, you know, I think I, there's a lot of people that, that work for people uh, and, and they want to go on their own and they steal their clients. And they do all that kind of stuff. No, I, that's, that's not cool. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't condone that with anybody. Right. That goes against yeah. my core values, but, but I mean, it, it, if someone's going to, you know, I always, I always looked at, I always went on my own, or at least I did when I, for plumbing. 
and my employer was mad. Both of them were mad because I was a good worker, but I had to go and I had to do what I had to do. So I, I, I kind of encourage that in a way because you know you're getting someone that's going to. Where, where do you see, uh, let's say we're talking to five years from now, where do you see your business going and where do you see the market going? Do you see like the, because I know, I mean, people listening right now uh, on our podcast, uh, you'll know that a couple months back, Zillow got out of, or at least put on a hold, got out of the investing game right there. So it seems right. like more of these bigger entities are having the idea at least to jump into the investing game. Where do you see the market going, let's say five years from now? Well, I, you know, I, I can't answer that because I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball, right? Yep. I mean, I really do. Five years from now, I, I, I don't really, I mean, you know, you're in California. California is different than the rest of the nation. California goes in cycles. So I try to pay attention to people that I think are trusted. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, buy their reports, read, read what's going on. And I don't think anybody's talking about five years. I just know that like some of the stuff I'm hearing is like, like, you know, but I've been hearing this, believe it or not, I've been hearing this since 2012. If this mm. thing's gonna, this was gonna end since 2012, the upswing and everything that was happening. But I, I do know, so it is gonna end, right? It's just when. So I, I'm just, you know, here's the thing that I'm looking at. It's like if I buy a property, I want to make sure that I'm buying it at a good enough price that I can, I, I can uh, know that that if it, there is a correction, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get wiped out. The problem with Zillow was is that Zillow and and, and some of these other people were buying properties way too high. They had no clue what they were doing. We were guys like other guys that I know were buying properties and selling them right to Zillow. We're, they were laughing all the way to the bank. Zillow was paying like really almost like they were paying like almost like what we call retail, which is fine. Retail is everywhere. That's what most of the market's made of. But, but retail minus the commissions, and and they think they're going to turn around and sell it. And they were purely. I mean, we're all speculating in this game, but they were heavily speculating, thinking that they're going to buy it like ninety four cents on the dollar, and then they didn't, you know maybe their thought was that within four months it's going to go it's going to go up 30 percent and they're going to make their they're going to make their split on they're going to make their margin on that and the margin they're looking to make is is, is thin because they have a lot of money that they have to spend right so okay. that just proved they just kind of like they kind of proved the model wrong they did it all wrong but they have enough money to where it's like you know what are they lost like 321 million dollars or something crazy like that they're still in the game <laughs> Yeah, there, there's, there's, they sell some. They have properties out here this way that they're still selling off. But yeah, it's, I mean, for any anyone looking to get in the investor game, make sure you do your numbers right, comp it out. I mean, because that can really play a big factor um, when you're when you're doing that. Um, just like yeah, John's talking. Well, John, if someone's listening and um, and they're looking, they have a property maybe that they, I mean, want to sell, not to deal with the headache of, of working with a realtor, not pay the, any kind of fees like that. What's the best way of them finding more information about uh, your guys' company? Yeah, they can just they can just Google us, you know, JohnMedinaBuysHouses.com, right? And they can get on there. They can fill out a form. They can, and there's a there's a phone number on there too, three one zero nine two eight nine six eight eight. And then uh, Peggy, she answers the phone most of the time. I have Stephanie too, but we, we answer the phone live. You know, that's our main goal. Unless they're 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 on the other line. And yeah, we just and just have a, a quick conversation with us and. That's just, it's, you know, it's no pressure. It's just pretty much see if we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. And then that's just kind of how it works. How, uh, how many states do you guys work in? Do you guys are look, looking at expanding in the future? Have you thought yeah. About well, you know, we just expanded throughout California. So that's our newest thing right now. Okay. We are, we, we went from being like in like LA, Orange County to kind of like, we're going to, we, we, we are, we are statewide now. We just went statewide. 
just just recently. We're going to try to do it because it, it, I don't think it'll be that much harder because we're in the same state that we operate on, right? Um, if that goes well, then we'll start maybe start moving up the coast a little bit and maybe kind of uh, we do we do talk a little bit about going nationally, but we're going to try California first. So that's kind of the big picture is like maybe eventually we end up being national. But at this point, uh, we want to go from like L.A., Orange County to, you know, to all of California. So we're actively doing that now. How do you I mean, and I guess this is probably good for for anyone listening right now. How do you vet the right contracts? I'm guessing you're not going to have your teams drive if it's in Northern California to, to do a reno or would you? Yeah, well, we would I have, you know, we have people up there we could JV with. Okay. Uh, maybe in that situation, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get a trusted partner maybe to wholesale it too. Okay. Right. I, I think like something in Northern, Northern California, I, have, I, I know we, you know, by that's one thing about doing this for a while, you meet a lot of people all over the nation. And then we have a lot of contacts in California. So we would probably just reach out to one of our local trusted partners and say, hey, you want to do a JV with us or, or just something you might want to take down yourself. And they say, yeah. And they say, okay, well, just this is kind of this, uh, you know, wholesale fee. Um, you know, so we're creative that way. I, yeah, I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, if you're listening right now and you're not really fully sure of everything he's throwing out there, is just the idea is, is he'll get a property locked up at a real price that the sellers want to take on and then transfer on ownership during probably escrow or maybe even close on and then sell it afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Price and explain. yeah. Yeah, that's a great point too. Sometimes we just close on them and, and, and it depends on the situation. Maybe it's just paint and carpet. We'll do it ourselves. We'll yeah. just, you know, you can do a lot of stuff virtually now. You know, and I had a hard time with that. That was my big, that's another one of my biggest mind shifts. I was not big on this virtual thing for a long time. And, you know, mindset wise, I was really holding myself back and my company. And I, I, and it's another, that's another huge epiphany I had lately. It's like, man, what was I thinking? And I know a lot of people doing it virtually from all over. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't open my mind up to it. And then it was just not, not, it was like last month. I was on a call with a bunch of guys that are doing it. And I'm like, I was just on a Zoom call. It's like, wait a minute, like they're doing it. Why? Why I could do it too. It's just, you know, your your mind is your biggest, you know, your thoughts are what's hold you back from, from, from oh, you, you know. You don't know what's possible until it's until you give your, yourself the ability to try it out. And and also you've been having great success at a way of doing it. So to to change, I mean, why mess up a good thing, I guess, right? Yeah, it, you know, but, but you, you know, it's like as an entrepreneur, you're, you know, you're, you're, you all want to keep growing, too. You want to do challenges. You want to try to figure stuff out. And it's like. You know, maybe it's easier if you go all through Cal. That's that's my thought now. I think it's easier if we're through the whole state than we are in just one area. We have more opportunities. We'll be we'll be able to serve people better. And that's too that's that's something that that's big too. It's just not about us growing. It's like we have to we have to keep that 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 level of um, we got to keep that level of, of customer service. That's huge for us. And if you Google us, we have great reviews. Why? Because we really care about our customers, right? And there's a lot of people out there that are listening that that that. When you start out, it's like everybody's chasing deals. I mean, we don't really chase deals anymore. We don't have to because people are like, we get a lot of referrals now too, because it's like, man, people, we did such a good job with these people that they're referring their friends. I never thought that would happen. I used to think this was like a one-time deal, right? You buy somebody's house and you, and you kind of move on. And it's now, it's kind of nice. I mean, we're on one guy's, I think we're on like the third or fourth person that we're talking to off of one, someone six months ago. He just started telling his, his people, his friends, his, you know, his, this circle of friends and they're like, Oh, that was that easy, man. Let's, let's try it ourselves. And then you're, yeah, I mean, what a, you know, it's, when it's, you find a good product, a good company, I mean, especially in, in the business that John's in, I mean, you're going to want to tell your friends, I mean, there's not everyone is, is willing or even wanting reviews out there. 
So if you look a lot of, I guess, investor companies, wholesaler companies out there, try to find reviews for them and you'll be surprised. Not all of them will have reviews out there because maybe not all their experiences as as golden as uh, John's are. So I appreciate you, John, for being here. Hopefully everyone listening. I mean, got some great nuggets right there. Yes, I think John made it for the most part. I mean, fairly, fairly easy, straightforward, but there's I could only imagine a lot of hiccups throughout the way. And he had a background in, in construction. So that kind of helps a little bit too to kind of cut down your margins when you're first getting there. So I, I appreciate you, John, for being here. Uh, hopefully everyone listening again got some great nuggets. Please subscribe, please share, and uh, go find John. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.